This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Here we go. Topics worthy of discussion. It's the panel part of the program every weekday afternoon at this time. Brought to you by Pizzaville, pound 3636. And joining us in studio, Mike Van Solen, principal at Navigator. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, John. Great to be here. Good to have you here. And Kim Wright is with us, principal with Wright Strategies. How's Kim doing? Delightful. Thank you, John. How are you? Likewise fine. Thank you. By the way, did you both watch the Super Bowl yesterday? Absolutely. Watched it through and through. And and I had the under, so I was good. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, (laughs) the under. I was projecting it was going to be like the under might be the over under 40, somewhere in that neighborhood. And uh, who knew? Everybody was saying, what are you doing? That's lowballing it. And I said, I think it's going to be a defensive game. That's on record. I said that last week. But who knew the uh, over under would be 16 or 20 or, yeah. I, you know, I said it's going to be under and there is no way they're going to cover the spread. So wow. I was good. You're a genius. Uh, and you know what? I think uh, the football gods or karma or something got to the L.A. Rams because they didn't deserve to be there, would you say? Look, as my brother and sister-in-law who live in New Orleans would say, uh, who dat? That's, uh, I'm, I'm all for the Saints on this one. They, they got robbed out of it. But, you know, it is where we end up. And, you know, as much as I can complain about different things, and I do, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is, uh, you know, we got the Super Bowl we had, but uh, it, was, it was an interesting game. You know, uh, there were some bars in New Orleans that were not showing the Super Bowl yeah. specifically as a form of protest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for going that revenue, uh, good on them. You know, look, the, uh, this, what gets lost in all this is the Saints did have possession of the ball. They had another chance in overtime to win that game, and I know that call was uh, was terrible. A terrible call. Uh, the call was terrible, but uh, look, the football gods, uh, it's an even playing field, and uh, these things, whether it's egregious or not, uh, pass interference in particular happens in almost every game. So uh, the Saints should get over it. Uh, they never made it. Uh, the Rams, but uh, they laid an egg against a I'm really sure good I'm sure there team. was no voodoo doll at all made down on Bourbon Street. <laughs> That's what I think, actually, it was at work. Some kind of a hoodoo, as you said. A little hoot-out voodoo. voodoo. It was, okay. uh, good stuff. Go. Hey, by the way, uh, and this is where I wanted to talk about Hulu. Uh, it uh, This is a streaming service that ran one of the many ads, which were maybe a central attraction to yesterday's presentation. For those who don't care a lick about football, they still might have been enticed to watch the ads. Uh, I want to know what you made of this. Let's play it and uh, give a listen and tell me if you think that uh, these kinds of things are appropriate in the context of a big football spectacle. Give a listen. It's morning again in America. Today, more women will go to work than ever before in our country's history. This year, dozens of children will be born to happy and healthy families. It's morning again. It's morning again. It's morning again. Wake up, America. Morning's over. There you go. That's for The Handmaid's Tale. It's one of their... uh, I guess, Emmy Award-winning presentations on the streaming service Hulu. But, I mean, they start with Ronald Reagan's famous statement, it's morning in America, and it devolves to this horrific uh, post-apocalyptic kind of scenario here. Uh, How do you sense that uh, that one played to, say, middle America, Mike Van Solen? It almost seems like a political statement, doesn't it? Well, I think it was political through and through, um, and... um Look, it was a dystopian sort of uh, sort of a future that they were painting, and I don't think they're too worried about middle America. You know, these uh, increasingly these streaming services, Netflix and others, uh, produce these uh, 
you know, high production value series are, but they're aimed at like slivers of the of the population, and uh, I don't think they care if they lose, uh, you know, conservatives or middle America in in this presentation. I'm sure with the uh, you know the segment uh, who they're aiming at, I'm sure it was well tested, and uh, and they'll uh, they'll do quite well with that crowd, and it's probably exactly what they're looking for. So no fear of being, uh, let's say inimical to conservatives or the heartland of America. That's an interesting take. Do you see the ad, by the way? I saw the ad. What were your thoughts? It is perfectly in keeping with The Handmaid's Tale. Anyone who's either read the book or watched the series or even the Saturday Night Live spoofs or the memes of basically the White House doing a Handmaid's Tale-themed Christmas trees last year, this is what it is. It's very political. It is about what happens when... Uh, certain classes take over everything. And this is perfectly in keeping. It'll probably get them at at more Emmy consideration. All right. Uh, Since we're down this road anyway, there was another one, and I didn't really see the full context of it. I'm sorry I missed it, but it had footage of uh, Martin Luther King and kind of uh, an allusion to the Kaepernick situation. Again, you know, I mean, I would have thought this is kind of toxic, stay the hell away from it. Football's trying to recover from you know, the downward right. trend in the ratings and things like that. Did you see that ad at all? I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I saw that one, but you know, we didn't see the, uh, we didn't see the kneeling or anything. So I think football itself, uh, the NFL in the presentation of, of the, uh, of the Super Bowl did a, did a good job of keeping things sort of classy. Um, but look, I think uh, even corporations uh, are willing to be more political now. You know, we see sort of, uh, you know, I don't want to be dismissive of it, but you know, virtual signaling in uh, even in corporate ads where a lot weren't willing to go for, go in the past. So uh, I think we'll see more and more of this. Uh, we've seen, uh, you know, Nike do really well uh, by picking sides in political debates and saying, hey, these this is our tribe and we're speaking to you. Uh, and they have a perspective and they're willing, uh, you know, the idea of a mass market uh, and appealing to a mass market, I think, is different now in how marketers approach it. They're willing to kind of come down on, on sides of certain issues. Um, they do it really carefully. They think uh, they think long and hard before they do it. Uh, and and largely, uh, I think they smart companies like Nike win when they do it. Well, and you saw Budweiser, the Clydesdales are pulling the uh, <laughs> team or the uh, the wagon through a field of barley, and camera pans out, and you've got all these wind turbines mm-hmm. in the background dotting the landscape. I mean, <laughs> again, there may be some folks who are not on board with that project. So I thought that was a beautiful ad. I, I actually retweeted it last night, uh, you know, the dog and the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, but what it was also interesting, if you look at the context in Ontario in particular, about uh, organizations and groups and uh, activists who are against wood, wind turbines, it was, you know, often what one would categorize as the beer drinking public who don't like wind turbines. No, I wouldn't categorize them that Kim, way, but that's Kim, how Kim. some what white... Are we, what are you talking about? So, so look, this, you this, have an idea this, of the, a group of beer drinking... Look, I spent a lot of time in rural southern Ontario and rural Ontario, and there are a lot of people who <clears> are angry about wind turbines. And what I thought was fantastic was a company like Budweiser saying, you know what, 
we're not only cool with this, but we're going to promote it during the Super Bowl and we're actually going to make it as part of our selling feature that we're actually better about how we manage our environment. Beer, beer uh, drinking takes place in cities too. And, uh, and you know, and I think the concerns in rural Ontario about wind power is uh, they're agnostic on the fuel type. What they objected to was not having a right to uh, a say in the imposition of wind turbines in their communities. Well, I don't think that's entirely accurate because those, those farmers that actually built wind turbines in their farms and their fields actually felt like they needed to say as well. And there's a lot to be said about what has what has done in terms of retooling manufacturing uh, that came out of the wind turbine program. I can absolutely agree that there are some problems with the way the Green Energy Act was written. But ultimately, uh, seeing wind turbines, uh, especially when you start to look at uh, rural Ontario where I'm from and and the way that they could be used in a whole number of ways I thought good for good for Budweiser to say look we're actually going to be uh, front and center we're going to be environmentally supportive so you think and it's a positioning it statement was, that will help them in the long run I think so okay the other thing when you alluded to uh, the taking of the knee uh, Adam Levine lead singer for Maroon five and a half time oh. show uh, was supposedly uh, making some nod or sop to the Kaepernick situation by going down on the knee. It was more of a genuflection, I think, than actually going on a knee. I I even missed it in the ensuing uh, mediocrity there. But uh, (laughs) 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 Which, by the way... uh, You flatter him. Well, yeah. Everybody's panning this guy mercilessly, uh, but he did have those tats and he took his shirt off. This is something now that's been trending as well as a complaint that Janet Jackson in 2004 with Timberlake does the the wardrobe malfunction. One nipple shown, career is scotched. This guy, full shirt off, and he parades it for the free world to uh, gaze upon and... Nothing but plaudits from the likes of you, Kim Wright. Yeah, there is no, uh, there's no 10-second delay anymore after Adam Levine. There's no clutching of pearls and whatever else uh, the way there was after Janet Jackson. And frankly, to your comment of her career not recovering for quite some time, it, it was actually extraordinary where Justin Timberlake's career certainly continued on. Hers was certainly hurt by it. Uh, See, and I didn't understand that. Like, what is that about? Are we fussing over certain puritanical mores or something like that? uh, Yes. Really? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Uh, Because I I was more upset with the wind turbines and the Budweiser (laughs) ad. So, So, look, Adam Adam Levine's uh, performance of mediocrity notwithstanding, I'm not, uh, that was not my favorite halftime show I've ever seen. But if you're going to still pillar and post Janet Jackson for a nip slip, at the best, you could call it uh, him ripping, continually ripping off more and more clothes and coming out uh, half naked and both nipples showing. Should there should be some pushback on him? I'm, oh. yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I'm prepared to believe both. I'm pre- prepared to believe that the reaction to Janet there, there was a was entirely incorrect and that her career was somehow set back by that episode. I'm also prepared to believe that, that the reaction in the moment was terrible and and wrong, but her career was floundered just because she didn't put out much great stuff, uh, you know, mm. uh, going forward. Mm. Um, but I think nothing will, uh, you know, hurt uh, Adam's career more than the fact that everybody watched that and the sound system was working. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'm not sure he would have got a chair turned around on The Voice. All right, uh, let's come back because uh, there were other things of which we can complain and uh, closer to home, Adam Vaughn tweeted something on the weekend and it's got other people's shorts in a knot, rightly or wrongly. We'll find out in a moment when we continue with our panel. Mike Van Solen, Kim Wright, on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. 
This year, we had Maroon 5, basically because nobody else would take the gig. There was the Colin Kaepernick situation, the take-a-knee situation, the way the NFL is treating its players over things like brain injuries, and just the general tone deafness of, of the league and Roger Goodell. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.